of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Taking you up to Ohio State basketball tonight, 545 pregame. The Buckeyes playing host to the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. And the Buckeyes trying to snap a two-game losing streak tonight here at home, JT. And uh, who better to tell us about uh, what's gone wrong in those two games and in the games that they won this year, what's gone right, than uh, your classmate from McKinley High School. That's right. we got a 6.30 tip-off tonight. You'll hear that game on News Talk 1480 WHBC. The Buckeyes and the Golden Gophers to break it down. The one and only Ronnie Stokes. What's up, my brother? Man, how you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. It's great to be on again. Hey, Happy New Year. I don't think I've talked to you since you were in town for the fundraiser. Before we get into baskets, how did it go, Ronnie? And we look forward to the next one as well, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. Again, the city of Canton, the mayor, and all his uh, support team were outstanding. Uh, The Greatest Star County Urban League was phenomenal yet again. Giant Eagle. Gary Schurer and his team, uh, and, and the list goes on and on. There were so many people, the volunteers. Oh. The city of Canton came strong again, and uh, we're so excited about um, the, the total commitment. Obviously, your station supporting us by getting the word out, and uh, we're excited about doing more of them in the future. Kenny, they had cars wrapped around for miles. Ronnie, when Troy Taylor comes to town and you come to town and we get Ray Ellis <laughs> and others, I mean, it just creates a lot of people, man. Thank you for doing that on behalf of the whole city. We really appreciate all your efforts. Thank you. Thank you. Get a, you had a chance to go to a, a Bulldogs game, and they recognized us at halftime. And, and as I share with you guys, it was the first time I've been in that that uh that place and uh as a spectator yeah um and watching a game for what 30 plus years so it was exciting yeah. to get back yeah, do us so. a favor don't come back to any basketball games bulldogs got blown out by 26 i know, I know. you black cat yeah, he did jt calls me the black cat you black catted your bulldogs <laughs> yeah it's it, here's the thing guys what i saw there there were some kids on the other team that needed to be bulldogs so I'll leave it at that. Okay. So we'll wow. See. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 see that. When, here's the thing about Camp McKinley. What I like to see is, and had I had I lived in Canton, my son would have been a bulldog. He would mm-hmm. not have been playing for any other school in Canton, Ohio, if I lived in Canton. Yeah. So that's what we need to get back with McKinley. We need the fathers who played at McKinley. Their kids need to be playing at McKinley, and their kids' kids. That's how you build great tradition. That's been broken. We got to fix it. Amen. So that's all I'm going to say to that. Amen. So. And I'll leave it right there as well. Yeah, leave it right there. Ronnie, we want to turn our thoughts and our attentions to the Buckeye basketball program, kind of resembling what the football team played like throughout parts of the season, not putting together four quarters. This team isn't putting together two halves. Uh, they could be 4-0 in the Big Ten. They've split so far in four games. Why can't this team seem to finish right now? Yeah, I'm not one to make excuses. I'm just going to talk facts. So when I talk facts, I, I want to make sure it doesn't come across as an excuse. Uh, the, the Big Ten um, is a very competitive conference, which means more, more times than not, games are going to go down to the, to the end. And that inc- when, you, when you go down to the end, you need experience and you need guys who can make plays. Clearly, we got guys who can make plays. 
but we got guys with the ball that that don't have the experience. So we're going to make mistakes. I thought that uh, we made some mistakes uh, defensively that cost us in the game against Maryland. I thought that was a winnable game. Clearly the game against uh, Purdue at home, you know, we had some mistakes down the line that that actually involved some, some upperclassmen. Uh, I just think we just got to learn to break through and understand how to close out games. Uh, to your point, again, Purdue, you're up by three. You don't lose that game with less than a minute to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about playing at Maryland, a game that you, you had, were in great shape, and you lose that ball game. So um, they just got to fix those things, guys, because the Big Ten is not going to feel sorry for anybody. Bryce Sensabaugh has been uh, the story so far, Ronnie, this year. I'm looking at the one, two, three, four, five, six straight games now. He's led the team in scoring all at about 20 points per game, a true freshman. Uh, we we probably look at him as a one-and-donner, right? How good can this kid be? Uh, how good is he right now? How much better can he be, I guess, is the better way to put it. Well, offensively, he's one of the best in the nation. I mean, clearly, he can get to his shots, and he can score with the best of them. There's no doubt about that. And because you can score and you got size, you got a mature body, you're going to get the attention of the of the next level. And that's why in some circles he's on uh, draft boards. Uh, as a basketball player, complete basketball player, he's got a lot of room to grow, and he knows that, especially on the defensive end. There were some situations against Maryland that uh, they went right at him and they scored and they were effective. And, you know, it's one thing to get in the league. It's another thing to stay in the league. So I'm sure Bryce, his his folks and the people in his circle understands that he has a lot to go in terms of developing to a great player. He's a very, very good player. Great on offense, but as a complete basketball player, he's got to grow. Uh, I love him as a kid, his approach. He's excited. He's got that smile on his face and he's got pure talent. I'm glad he's a Buckeye. Ron, I mentioned the fact that they're two and two in the conference, ten and five overall, but they're in eighth place in the Big Ten. Is this team really a middle of the pack team, or, or do you expect greater things with I think about sixteen games remaining in the regular season? You know, that's interesting. You hear this a lot. You are what your record shows, mm-hmm. right? You can talk about how good you may be, but your record reflects who you really are. Right now, this is a two and two team that could be 4-0, but they didn't take care of business. I do think uh, there's obviously a lot of basketball to be played, and I think this team is an is a upper echelon Big Ten team based on the pure talent that it has. They've had some unfortunate breaks, right? And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, every team has had injuries, especially look at a team like Indiana. Key injuries to some key people. You know, you talk about Eugene Brown not playing for a good portion of the season, uh, Isaac Likely being gone for personal reasons, and then now Zed Key being out. I'm telling you right now, I love the matchup mm-hmm. that could have been in the game against Maryland. I thought Zed Key would have potentially could have had a great game against Maryland's front line. Well, that didn't happen because he didn't play. So I think injuries is definitely impacting them right now. This is a key game tonight. They need to win. Mm-hmm. You're playing against a team at conference that's at the bottom, and you're playing them at home. You've lost two games. You need to bounce back and have a big game tonight. Yeah, the nice thing is Holtman says that Zed Key probably due to come back pretty soon. Probably not tonight. You're taking on the last place team in the Big Ten. You expect to win this game tonight. You don't want to take anyone lightly, especially in this conference. And and I always go back to this, Ron, and I you know try to compare things to a football team. Football season, you know that 
pretty much what you've got about five, maybe six games in. Well, we're almost halfway through to the season right now. Do they really know how good this team can be? Can they get on a roll? Well, I think they have a glimpse of how good they can be. I mean, think about what they did in the uh, the tournament in Maui. Hey, there was two really good teams that they faced there, and um, and they came out uh, what two and two and one. Um, and when you think about what they did against North Carolina in, in the Garden, uh, playing Purdue and should be a winner in that particular ball game. So clearly, they know that they can be a good team. You have. Uh, Justice Suing, who is a tough matchup for a lot of teams, not only in the Big Ten, but anybody that they may face postseason because of his versatility as a four and, I mean, as a three. So um, you've got a great freshman and Bryce Simpson, is a sensation, and you got Bruce Stewart and Roddy Gale, and, and the list goes on and on. So there is talent on this team. There's veterans. So I think they have – they understand how good they could they, – they, they know – that they're a good team it's just a matter of can they be a great team ronnie answer me this whenever we play purdue uh why do we let people shoot three pointers at the buzzer against us i mean it's like uh (laughs) it's like uh you know you pay your taxes every year right yeah you've got your birthday and somebody from purdue is going to hit a three-pointer to beat you at the buzzer uh that game there it's a game they should have won the north carolina game is a game they should have won uh, what is it about late game with Purdue specifically where they seem, whether it's Ivy or whoever the kid was this year, knocking down triples? Yeah, let's, so let's break it down. We're basketball guys. We understand. So as a coach, you prepare against your opposition. You look at tendencies. You look at stat sheets, whatever. Purdue comes in as one of the poorest three-point shooting teams in all of America. And they got freshmen in their backcourt, which means they're up and down. And you got a unique center in Zach Eady that seven four, three hundred pounds. So you go in that game with the game plan. If I'm gonna be beat, it's not gonna be with me hovering the three point line and letting Zach Eady get forty points. They're a poor offensive shooting team beyond the arc. I'm gonna take my chances. The get the kid who hit the three uh, was 0 for six from the three from, from the field in the first half. Uh from so he was having a poor game. So Obviously, you make adjustments as the game goes on. So I'm going to say this. You go with the percentages. Ohio State made a decision to dig down on Edie and take away that shot versus defending a freshman on the perimeter. They made a mis- It happened that it didn't work out for him. But he misses the shot. It's a great decision. So you got to live with what your scouting report tells you guys, and that's what Coach Holtman did in that particular situation. Ronnie, that kid at Purdue is a beast. How do you double down on that guy, and you still can't get to the ball? I mean, have you ever gone up against someone that tall? No, uh, you know there was a seven foot three, seven foot two kid from from Minnesota, uh, Brewer. I think his name, Randy Brewer. That was a giant. In fact, Granville Waiters was six <laughs> eleven. God rest his soul. Greg, God, God yeah. rest uh, Granville. Right. So, uh, and and Granville looked like a midget to this guy. When we, wow. I, I should say midget. I right. shouldn't say a midget. That's the inappropriate word. He looks like a smaller guard going against right. the big in that particular game. So it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. you look at this kid, this Edie kid. Man. I mean, he he reminds and me he the size and everything of Yao Ming. 
You know what I mean? Sim- yeah. Similar size. Yeah. And he gets up and down the floor, and he runs rim to rim like Big should. You know that, Ronnie. Just throw it near the rim. He'll go. He doesn't even have to leave his feet to dunk the basketball. So, uh, and, and I remember last year, um, you know, they, they were trying to guard him. They, they just had no answer. They held him to 16 and 11. So that part of the game plan worked, right? They, they kept him uh, within check. And like you said, somebody throws up a three like that that you're not expecting to go in. It just it does. But what about the Carolina game, Ronnie? I watched that. They had that game won four different times, I thought, as I'm watching that. Uh, and they, they lose in overtime on a, uh, I guess you could call it a freak play, or you could call it great execution, where they throw it to half court, get the timeout, and then the kid hits the, the shot to send it to overtime. Uh, just your thoughts on that and the fact that they're knocking on the door, they're close, but they just can't close. Yeah, so it goes back to coaching philosophy. And I, I asked the question after the game, I asked the question next, next week during the coaches' show, if you remember, um, in both situations, Coach Holtman decided to deploy a defensive strategy that did not have someone on the ball right. defending the inbounder. And so your thought process with that is I'm going to guard five on four, right? And as a coach, if you believe that's your best strategy to win games, then you go with it, right? My mindset is, based on my years as an analyst, I've never coached, never coached at any level outside of – AAU, so I'm not a coach. But from my analytical background, I like the fact you put somebody on the ball, especially if you're 6'11", like, and we have an active guy on the team, 6'11", with two or less seconds, you force them to make an awkward pass. They make a mistake, the game is over. They had to be perfect to win that game, and they were. They got it to half court with 1.2 or whatever, called a timeout. Nobody was on the inbound on that play. No one was on the inbound. Unbounder uh, on the next play, they got yep. it to a guy. He made the shot. It had to be perfect. They were, and as a result, that strategy didn't work. Now, if you're Coach Holtman, do you change it the next time you're in that position? I guess we will see. Ronnie, I want to ask you about Chris Holtman. Your thoughts on him and how tough is it? And we hear this all the time, and people ask us, and we have to. We don't really know the exact answer for this, so I'm going to ask you. At a football school, a it's got to be difficult to coach basketball. Recruiting-wise, we see a lot of these one-and-donners. Is that going to be the future of Ohio State hoops? Wow. Uh, man, those are those are all great questions, right? So, um, well, here's the, let's, let's put it this way. When, when Michigan State and Ohio State was at the top of the Big Ten, and that was when Coach Izzo and Coach Mata was going at it, those were the two programs that had the most one-and-done. So that tells you in order to be at the top, you got to have talent, which means if you have talent, those guys are going to be leaving after one or two years. I'm okay with that as long as you can sprinkle in some kids that are going to be there, like the Dave Lighties of the world, the John Devers of the world, the Dallas Lauderdales of the world, Matt Terwilliger's, that are role players, maybe borderline really, really good players that are going to be there to complement the one-and-done. I think you need those one-and-done players to win national championships. You need those great players to win national championships. So I think it's a blend, and you got to be able to recruit and be able to coach those kind of players. Ron Stokes, our guest, uh, OSU basketball analyst, McKinley Bulldog, Ohio State Buckeye himself. And, Ronnie, for, for Coach Holtman, how tough is it to know that you have to adjust the way maybe you started coaching to the way it is now with the one-and-donners because – 
you're not going to have four years to develop maybe one of your best players. I, I'm looking at your stats right now, Ronnie, and this is why I want to ask you this question. You went from six and a half points your freshman year to nine your sophomore to 12 to 14 your senior year. You got better, and, and you became more mature mentally and physically. You're not getting that chance now as a coach to, to have that happen with some of your best players. How tough is that to coach? Well, I mean, the, the game has changed this year. Not only are you concerned about one-and-donners, you're also concerned about kids who go to the transfer portal, right? And, right. It, yeah. and, and, it's, not, and it's not just your role players that are now leaving after for transfer portal. You're also losing starters who are just not getting enough shots. So it's a totally complex situation now for coaches. So you got to be tough on them, but at the same time, if you can be too tough, kids are looking to go to greener pastures. So I I think, again, you need a blend. You you need – coaches have got to be able to show five-star athletes that I can recruit you, Mm -hmm. I can help you develop, and I'm okay with you leaving after one year. you got to be able to do that as a coach. But you also got to be able to to recruit those kids like the Ron Stokes of the world that's going to be four-year guys that are role players that develop and complement the superstars. I want to take you one step further right there. And we're speaking with Ron Stokes, analyst with the Ohio State uh, basketball program. You'll hear them tonight, uh, pregame at 545, tip-off at 630, taking on the Golden Gophers from Minnesota. They'll have that game for you right here on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Ronnie, you mentioned yourself, Clark Kellogg's of the worlds, the Brad Sellers of the worlds. You had to go to Florida to find Bryce Sensabaugh, maybe a one-and-donner. If we're looking for others that may be there a little bit longer, what is the status of high school hoops in the state of Ohio as you see it or as you hear it? Is there anyone that they're kind of eyeing right now to be a future Buckeye? Sorry about that, guys. I missed that question. Um, somebody was talking to me. Can you repeat well, it again? I'm sorry. I'll do it simply put. I'm just wondering, as far as recruiting is concerned, the status of high school hoops in the state of Ohio. Do we have any Brad Sellers, Clark Kellogg's, Ronnie Stokes, Trey Taylor's? that are coming through that are going to eventually be future Buckeyes? Oh, without a doubt. I've had this conversation before. You know, you look at Thad Mata's tenure. I mean, he was very fortunate. He was able to go in the state of Indiana and take some of their top recruits because Indiana was down. The, the thing that made Thad Mata was that he was able to recruit and garner, get, and garner all of the top talents in Ohio because it was premier at that time and he was able to get it. So I think it's a combination of the coach having success and having the ability to go and recruit the best talent and equally as important, the talent got to be there. I think coach Holtman has shown that he can recruit it. Think about it. He, with, he was able to get the best player, one of the best players in Ohio, Malachi Brennan last year. And look at with Royal here in Columbus, Ohio, and some of the other players in Ohio. And then he's able to also go and get the best players out of the state of Georgia and the state of Florida. He can recruit. His staff can recruit. So it's just a matter of just putting it all together. All right, Ronnie, last thing, and we'll let you go here tonight. Uh, it's Minnesota. They're 0-4 in Big Ten play, 6-8 and overall. Buckeyes 10-5 and overall, 2-2 two and in Big Ten play. So you look at this on paper, you go, it's at home. Buckeyes should win this one. Okay, if that's going to happen, how do they go about getting the W tonight? Yeah, so when I looked at Minnesota, 
it's a team that is trying to build an identity. They they got Coach Johnson, who used to be a player. This is his second year. He's trying to do it by a combination of getting uh, portal players coming in, uh, got JUCOs, you name it, and their program in transition. Um, they got talent. They're the type of team that, like most teams that are building, if, if they get hot and get confident, then you're in for a war. And I think it's very, very important that Ohio State kind of throws the first punch. And I kind of liken it to what Maryland's mindset was. Ohio State went into Maryland. They had lost two games in a row and to sizable numbers. They were hungry, and they came out fighting. And I think that is what Ohio State needs to do to Minnesota tonight is let them know that to do tonight. Ronnie, we always appreciate the time you make for us. Thanks so much for doing it. Have a great call tonight. We'll all be listening. All right, pal? All right, guys. Go Bucks. Go Bulldogs. There he is, Ron Stokes, checking in with us, mm-hmm. breaking it down as only he can.